0: all right so uh welcome everyone thank you for joining our community call today uh we have a nice and easy topic let's say it's called friendship um but uh, we'll find out about that really soon uh our guests today are together jack and jesse uh tuning in live from australia And um, just a very, very short intro, Jack Aloka had one of the most acclaimed presentations at Power Paris. Uh, People really cheered him uh, like I've never seen on any presentation. And uh, I mean, when you meet Jack, you instantly want to become his friend. Uh, There is something about him and everything that he's doing that's attracts your interest and one makes you want to find out more about him and um and jesse um man i cannot express my appreciation enough for uh, for the teachings that i i got from you in the last seven or eight years or something like that and how they impacted my life my personal and my professional relationships and it's a it's a great honor to have you here in the power community um I would like to I would like to start this um, by uh, doing something that I learned from you and that has changed uh, my life when I was in a in very bad states um, dramatically. And uh, it's an exercise that you recommended um, to to. To think of someone, to talk to someone, to pick up the phone and express your appreciation for that person. Um, for, I don't know, 30 seconds or something to, to really put what's on your heart um, um, on the table and tell that person uh, what you appreciate about him. And I've learned the power of appreciation through you, Jesse, and thank you. Um, so, yeah. Um, I'm not going to speak too much during this call so I would like to invite you guys to um to first do this exercise and people listening to the recording and people who are in this call also maybe pick up your phone after the call and send a few text messages to the to the friends you love and I would like to invite you uh Jack uh to tell us what do you appreciate about Jesse who got on a plane and uh, landed in Sydney <laughs> to to spend some time with you and um, after that, Jesse, if you have anything to appreciate about Jack <laughs> that would be uh, great. there's uh,
1: a lot to say, I mean, we go back uh, now several years and um, him coming to Australia is just part of a pretty intricate web of uh, international missions and stunts and rendezvous and, and for the moment I, I am here in Australia for, for a bit as part of a, a few projects that I'm taking care of here and um, it's not normal for me to be in a place for more than um, a couple of weeks so when Jesse heard that uh, this was my location even though it is uh, very much uh, on the side of on the other side of anything so it takes some effort uh, to to make a point to go visit somewhere in Australia, and um, and he did just that so that we could be together and uh, brainstorming on a lot of things related to to life, work, and and our friendship as well. And um, yeah, I, it's uh, it's particularly meaningful and something that I have uh, become more aware of during a recent vipassana retreat that I did. In October, where I was um, harshly presented with uh, a reality that was very much not dependent on technology and um, harshly attached to the 3D world. And uh, in that kind of environment, you really question what it is that really constitutes your support network and your your friendships, your family dynamics, and um, at some point you really want to know who is part of your um, tribe in the real world, and who's part of a digital abstraction that now is very conveniently provided by technology, but that is otherwise very unusual in history. Um, Since the beginning of time, your your tribesmen were everyone you knew. Everybody that wasn't there was your enemies. And um, you would know everyone since birth, more or less. And um, I think that words like friendship and um, acquaintance are very new. I don't think that uh, tracing back a few thousand years, there would be many acquaintances. They are the part of your tribe or they are the others that you would only encounter in warfare mostly. So yeah, it really was reminded very powerfully of the importance of um, um, knowing who you can rely on uh, across the full spectrum of um, crisis control, support, as well as uh, having a good time and share beautiful moments together. And, um, yeah, so this is particularly meaningful in knowing that um, someone that uh, normally resides in uh, Texas could just teleport himself to Sydney uh, just to be with someone. You know? and, uh, especially being with someone that isn't... You know, a, a romantic partner and, and usually has a pretty strong pull almost anywhere in the world. But with a, with actual friends, it gets a little bit more whimsical and these are very powerful reminders. So yeah,
2: I, I want to just to echo off of a, a few things Jack just said. The the um you know the the recency of these these words friendship and and acquaintance in the human experience and you know social media is such a double-edged sword because on one hand it gives you access and awareness to you know ridiculous amounts of people um and then you know the the powers that be at facebook decided that they're going to call every single person that you're going to see on your feed your friend and to me, this is an absolute bastardization of the word. Um, anybody who's read uh, George Orwell's 1984, you know, uh, the, the, the control of a population through changing what words mean. And I think it, it, you know without getting too too deep into into other uh, larger topics, it's weird how people you know will say I have. 5,000 friends on Facebook. Like what does that do to your brain and what does that do to your your belief system when you throw around this word so cheaply to to describe your, your connection with people that you probably have never met and most likely are never going to meet who occupy a few inches of real estate on a piece of glass that you hold in your hand And you're not even seeing anything about who they really are. You're seeing what they want you to see, usually to protect their own insecurities. And we all do it. I mean, it's fucking social media. That's it's anti-social media. Like, it's just, you know, let's all put up our shields and, you know, all this kind of stuff. So I think it's more important than ever to create your own ground rules as consciously as possible for what friendship actually means. You know, there, there's, uh, you know, Mihai, you and I have done a lot of work together around marketing and messaging and, you know, like who's your ultimate client and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I think if people put 2% of the intention and the and the conscious thought behind, you know, designing their own framework for what does friendship mean to you, I think if they put 5% of that as they put into trying to figure out how to, you know, make an offer or make money or you know, look good on social media, I think you'd probably be a lot happier. And, you know, my criteria are constantly evolving. Um, Jack is someone very, 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 I mean, I can count on three fingers the number of people who have influenced my thinking in my life as much as he has. And for me, that is one of the criteria for deep friendship is someone who is someone who challenges my assumptions because I think they're qualified to challenge them. And that's, that's another, you know, maybe subset of criteria, but, you know, like asking all you guys, like, how do you define what is a friend for you? For most people, it, it, this is my observation, most people will become friends with anyone who likes them. That's fucked up. Like, talk about how cheap your value is. And I'm not saying you guys specifically, but it's spread thickly through the world right now. If anybody approves of you, if anybody likes you, then they're your friend. I I'd be hard pressed to come up with a, a, a great a greater recipe for emotional disaster. It's like just because somebody says they like you or they approve of you, like does that actually mean that they're your friend? Have, have you done anything actually to earn their trust? Have you, have you, you know, are you trustworthy? And, and, I mean, this, we're not going to resolve any of this. These are more, you know, just loops to open and then, you know, for us to continue to explore on our own. But in my experience, from basically the moment we met, it was that, you know, there's this American movie, Step Brothers. I don't know if you guys ever saw it. If you haven't, please add it to your training. Like, it's very, very important uh, documentary. <laughs> but there's a scene with these two comedians, Will Ferrell and and uh, I can't remember his other, the other guy's name. But they just look at each other and they're like, did we just become best friends and then it was like you know then they're doing karate in the basement and you know having a great time and it was very much that experience um for me when I met Jack because I was like wow here's here's a dude who is as decentralized as it gets in his own life who is um I I very much consider to be authentically sovereign but not to the point of um you know excessive isolation and just being you know completely you know on some mountaintop and separate he's incredibly connected to a variety of people and yet his standards for who he will allow into his space and who he wants to be around is incredibly high. and I think that that is I mean, for me that is a value that I'm looking for in friendship you know if there's um an old American comedian Groucho Marx he said I would never want to become part of a club that would have me as a member And I feel that way about friendship. Like if if I see somebody and they're just running around everywhere and they're friendly with everybody and they're telling everybody, I love you, I love you. I'm like, yeah, that's a cheap commodity. And it means very little to me if they then extend the same thing to me. But when I see someone who's discerning, someone who has uh, not only high standards, but is constantly examining their standards of what they will allow into their experience and whose experience they want to be a part of, To me, that that carries a a tremendous value, Um, and it makes me want to be an even better version of myself. Because I I think, like a lot a lot of people see any relationship, um, you know, platonic relationship, business relationship, uh, romantic relationship. People see relationships as a finish line. Like I'm going to arrive to this relationship. Ah, now I'm in a relationship. Ah, now we're friends. It's like no, the fucking game just started. Now it's a process of just this constant self-reinvention to become the best version of yourself because you know the other person doesn't need you. They just choose to have you in their life and vice versa. And then it just becomes this incredibly um, alive, merit-based, real-time relationship where your friendship is really only as good as the last deposit that you made.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um... Um unfortunately I'm not seeing my real life friends too often physically and you mentioned social media and uh, zoom fatigue we are now on zoom but I guess everybody would prefer to sit around the fire and have this conversation and I would just like to to mention here um uh, Alex from the power community that holds the weekly men group uh where we created some amazing bonds by by sharing vulnerably about our struggles and about everything that we, happens in our lives and i have this amazing bond with with my friends as well and i'm happy to to acknowledge that they're they are here in the zoom uh, liva and stefan um so yeah indeed uh being together in person um is much better than on zoom but um uh, there is something that stuck with me from your training last night you said that when you are lonely go and be useful to others so i was wondering how how can we be useful to to everybody who joined us today and who everybody who's uh, who's going to listen to this recording um what um and I also want to make the announcement that any if anybody has any questions for for Jack and Jesse, just raise your hands and we'll we'll handle that. Um, yeah, for you, Jack, it was um, uh, regarding your um, psychedelic um, experience uh, in altered states of consciousness. Uh, what was the most surprising finding you have encountered uh, regarding human connection and? if you if you discovered any uh, psychedelic um, experience that uh, can help you deepen your understanding about friendship or if you have any comments about that
1: Uh, yeah I mean psychedelics are definitely widely used in uh, social settings whether that is couple therapy or things like uh, music festivals to increase connection and empathy and deep and shared experiences and something that uh, we've observed experimentally it's uh, the, a concept called the hypersynchrony and it's uh, under active review um, it seems that uh, different people while undergoing a psychedelic experience um, occasionally have their brain waves synced and uh, we don't have an explanation for that um, since it's pre esoteric. There's a cable between them. But um, certain substances from LSD to 5-mio DMT, the, the toad venom from Mexico before virus, and as well as DMT can cause, yeah, brains of people that are next to one another to undergo a similar uh, electrical activity. So it seems that uh, there is something about neurochemistry that um, enables um, organisms to also communicate at the level of subtle of subtle um, electromagnetic waves, or we don't really know the underlying mechanism. But, um, yeah, psychedelics definitely have um, a lot to them that we need to discover there's a question about mescaline mescaline hasn't been studied in the context of hypersynchrony but I would imagine that there will be something there so yeah of course psychedelics and um, substances within that family are very useful to at least take people away from the chatter of their mind and uh, bring them closer, even at the level of like uh, feelings. Something that sometimes words are not um, best equipped for. And, uh, And psychedelics are very, very great interface to enable that kind of information transfer. This is very powerful and it can be also dangerous so it's not guaranteed that you'd be uh, undergoing a non-dual experience with um, with others around you using these substances. And in fact, more often than not, this causes confusion instead of enlightenment. But um, with the right practice and uh, the right experience and competency, this is definitely something that um, is uh, routinely um, observed in rituals and um, even observing things like uh, drumming circles or even ayahuasca ceremonies. I have myself uh, witnessed a a very powerful level of uh, of synchrony between people and uh, often a very, very, very similar experience going through at least some of the individuals which tells us that yeah, there's definitely a lot more to communication than verbal and non-verbal. And we're only starting to scratch the surface, yeah.
0: Um, Jesse, how does martial arts philosophy inform your understanding of deep human connection?
2: Uh, it's hard not to have a deep understanding of who somebody is when they're trying to kill you. Like you, you get a sense of their will, um, their skill, their essence. It's, um, and, and you know, kill is, is probably being a little dramatic. But when you step into the onto the mat or into the ring with someone and you're, you both have the common goal, which is the total defeat of the other person. And the best opponents are the ones who are really good and who don't hold back and are intelligent. And uh, and test you to beyond any limit that you've had, and you you get like there's no bullshit. Like this is one thing that I I, I continue to, to deeply appreciate about all of my mentors, uh, all of my instructors, and all all of my uh, fight trainers. Very little talking. What are you gonna say? It's it's action you learn by doing you learn by watching uh, there are some things that simply cannot be taught but they can be observed and they can be absorbed and and you can eventually learn them and how that translates to friendship is you know you you can, you can talk all you want but ultimately it's your actions that that advance or you know hold back a connection and I think that there is a, and, and I'm I'm happy to to you know live and exist in in more esoteric spaces because uh, in my own experience I I stopped asking what's true um, and you know what's you know been been verified through consensus or you know whatever the data says and I've decided just to make my own subjective uh, decisions about what's useful and. How martial arts has informed that for me is you just see the difference between people's words um, and their actions. And in my experience, the most powerful people, the people who are who are the best at being themselves, the people who um, are are calm uh, within themselves, but also, you know useful and and fun to be around. and like the people who who are the most powerful, um they're they're coming from a place of of some confidence that that can't be bought it can't it can't be um accumulated through social metrics and likes and followers like they just know who they are and in the same way that being in the ring or on the mat against somebody like you you get to just literally feel that person's essence their body their their mind their their will their strength no words. It's a it's a physical, um, mental, emotional chess match, and their actions are are giving you this constant stream of information with which to judge them by, and then to decide how you're going to respond. And within the context of of you know our our human day to day interactions, I think that that people will be generally happier when they they stop caring so much about what others are thinking of them and just you know care feel like feel your heart, feel you, like what do you think? What do you feel? And, you know, without being completely attached to, you know, the truth capital T, but also just being confident enough in your own experience and your own in your own ability to make choices about what's right for you while granting the freedom for other people. To have and do and be in whatever way they want to be, and where you align, then maybe that's the the foundation for friendship, or maybe that's the the, the fertile ground where friendship can happen. Um, it just it it I do see a lot of um, low level uh, emotional bartering happening, where you know it's like you like the same beer, let's be friends. You know we hate the same football team, we must be friends. That and that's cool. Like if that's the vibration that somebody's at, it's all good. Um, but i I have very few very close friends um, for for reasons that i I would rather be alone um, than than have to, you know be bored or you know provide some sort of value for myself by bringing up the vibe of a conversation. That may sound harsh um, and probably is. But I, I don't see any other way to do it. Like You have to find the people that are running at the same speed you are, differently enough that you're both going to keep learning from each other, um, but similarly enough that when shit hits the fan, that you know you can lock shields, and, and you know this person's going to be there for you.
0: I had a um, um, self-inflicted uh, dark night of the soul that lasted for 81 days. I was in prison. And uh, when I got out, uh, one of the things I visualized constantly every, every single day was being together with my family and being together with my friends. And uh, that eventually happened. And uh, for me, it was like uh, one of the happiest days of my life. Because I could be with people that saw me, I could be with uh, I could see myself through their eyes because they knew me and they knew everything I was going through. And um, I just wanted to to share this that for me, friendship is uh, a fundamental part of uh, of my life. and I think uh, life will, n- needs to be shared with friends. I'm looking at these questions, of course, but uh, I feel like this conversation is much more than some questions. So I just invite you to, to share whatever is alive in, inside you now. Um, I guess that's a little better. We have a question from Stefan, maybe?
3: Yes. Hi. Hi. Thank you, Mihai, for, uh, for offering this. And thank you guys. Um, so my question is regarding depression. Uh, as you know, when you when you feel depressed and you live this uh, long time depression, um, you feel the need to be alone, but in the same time you feel the need to be with uh, other people and with your friends. How? Um, so what I want to ask is. As a, you know, like a tip and a trick, if you have, um, how do you get to be consistent with uh, staying more with uh, people and uh, um, reaching your friends and uh, really uh, bring bring people in your in your loneliness? How would you? recommend to to approach this thank you
2: i i um I, I appreciate your question a lot because this is a this is a huge topic uh for men and women and i I just did a training yesterday um and we, we went for a couple of hours of training for men and one of the things that, that we talked about was this you know, when, when, you, when you've been stuffing it down, you know, when you've been holding down that pain and you've been been really, um, and I think this is a little more common in, you know, more emotionally intelligent circles, um, you know, you're, you're a little more fluent in the language of emotions, you're, you're more, you know, present to your experience, more empathetic about others, and it becomes very common to want to protect other people from your pain because they look to you as a leader they look to you as a guide they look to you as like you're the one who's got your shit together because you're the one who's meditating you're the one who's you know taking good drugs you're the one who's doing you know all these things and so you've just developed this identity where like you're untouchable you're the stoic you're the you know the 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 one who's who's always helping others and that doesn't mean in fact it means you oftentimes you have a very unique pain because it's very hard to understand you it's very hard to know like what's really going on inside your heart because you are you know you do value that and you don't just share with anybody and one of the things that i mentioned in this, this training yesterday is that you know it reaches a point where the pain becomes so great that you have to share it and finally you, you're in a conversation with with a friend um and you're like fuck you just feel that pain inside you like i fuck it uh, You have to you start to open up, and as you open up, you see the look on the other person's face. It starts like this. They're like,
3: "Mm,
2: mm, mm." all of a sudden, they realize you're really hurting, like you're actually not okay. And then they get this look in their face, like they start freaking out. It's like they just saw Superman start bleeding or you know, pissing his tights or something. They're just like, they can't, they can't imagine that this incredibly spiritual, deep thinker has human pain. And then your protector kicks in and you're like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. This is just the thing. I'm, I'm good. How are you? And you deflect and you turn it right back onto them and you make it about them. And in that moment, you not only fuck yourself over because you didn't actually get what you needed, but you fucked them over by denying them the gift of being there for you. And believe me, I've turned this into an extreme sport myself. So this is not any uh, is not any judgment here. But I mean, it's cliche, but it's it's you know be, being afraid of being vulnerable. And and to answer your question, how do you get consistent? Well, how do you get consistent in anything? Jack's got a tattoo uh, it says practice. Yeah, you get proud by practicing. Like this is is literally on his his arm. And so when I was going through that, you know, exciting period of of complete isolation, total depression, um, realized that all the other things that I was doing to not feel bad were making it worse. And so I just thought, you know what, I'm going to approach this like a workout. I don't want to do it or a cold plunge. I don't want to do it. But then you just do it. You just text somebody. You just call. And you're just like, hey, do you want to go have lunch? Do you want to go for a walk? And you don't need to say, like, I really need to talk to you about something. Maybe that comes, maybe it doesn't, but just make the single effort to to get together or hey, let's jump on a phone, jump on the call. And it's the it's the unattachment to the outcome uh, that I think creates a lot of freedom to just take that step. And 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 then now you have a new um experience in your in your history you know you go to sleep that night and you actually did the thing it's a tremendous way of resolving um resistance or or you know overcoming these irrational fears um and and the idea that you're somehow burdening another person with your pain if it's somebody who's close to you is a completely retarded irrational fear doesn't mean we don't feel it i still feel it when I'm like, hmm, I want to, I should probably talk about this and work this out. I'm like, no, I got this. I'll figure it out. Um, and I've made a very good living by figuring it out. But you really deny other people the chance to connect and to be there. And you know, you run the risk that they're not going to see you as Superman anymore you know, or Superwoman. Um, but you also have the opportunity to see and know yourself in a way that you never would have otherwise. Um, it's in my experience. It's been a, a more useful way to see my own bullshit and the stories that I created as ways to defend my own, you know, ego against you know other people, you know, not thinking I'm enough or all this other bullshit.
1: And, and we're relational beings, man. We're we're meant to connect with each other. So, and uh, I would add with things like uh, loneliness and the uh, uh, dark nights of the soul in the context of friendship it can be a very powerful tool to also um, sort through your support network to understand which dynamics are at play like within my systems i try to uh, catalog in some way the connections in my life especially the closer ones in terms of uh, friends for the good times and friends for the bad times All right so everybody has the, the specific um, friends that they rely on when um, things go very bad right there's uh, the handful of individuals that would be there for you no matter what listening to your concerns or offer a shoulder to cry on or um, Um, just uh, provide support, active listening, or just be there holding space, or or provide the material support. And uh, these are very specific friends. And then there are the friends for the good times, the friends where you go party, take drugs together, and uh, and test the limits of uh, experience, take risks and um, you know challenge each other's identity with the specific outlandish experiences uh, but very very often these two categories don't overlap much like the friends for the good times uh, are with you when things are great and times are plenty and abundant but when things start getting real and the vulnerability comes out, many of them become very, uh, very uncomfortable, and they don't really know what to do about it. This is especially the case for men, which don't they don't have enough literacy in um, handling the vulnerability of other men. And uh, instead, with women, it seems to be more or less uh, a common theme that of constantly championing vulnerability and whatnot. But the point is that um, um, there is a specific fallacy there in um, thinking that the friends for the bad times are the real friends. Because many of the friends for the good times will just disappear as soon as you need real support. or Things get a little dark and uh, a little spooky. But that Challenge that is uh, depression and crisis for a friendship can be very, very important because it really points um, your compass towards understanding who is who. Yeah. And uh, we need to understand that in, in the context of friendship, everybody is important because um, the people that really are there for you when things go really bad are super important. But sometimes there's a side effect in that, that these people become like uh, your nurses in life. And um, you only really look in their direction when you need something. uh, And when you need specific support. And uh, sometimes even the other way, they are so engineered to provide that kind of support that in most other contexts, they are kind of boring. Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily want to party with a lot of the friends for the bad times. They're not necessarily equipped to bring things to any kind of savage direction. They are more tame. They're more optimized for crisis management and control. And so uh, the friends for the good times are also incredibly important because ultimately we go through the bad times because we are hoping that the good times will arrive. And if you then cannot capitalize in the good times, then you're just stuck in constant crisis management, which really isn't isn't particularly fun or pleasant or or useful even. So then when you can find those friends that have been validated in the field to be competent, willing and uh, compatible with you across both the bad times and the good times, then you found some true soul allies. that is not easy to do when you're just dealing with the mundane and you're just Mm -hmm. going to have a meal or go to a concert or a walk in the park. Uh, In that sense, everybody seems friendly or even maybe just polite enough. But when you are thrusted into the harshness of the 3D world, then you start really understanding who is who and... um, and so that's why I see value in almost any container of emotion when it comes to understanding who are the people you have around and who you who you can rely on for for anything. Well, I want to add on to one thing
2: one thing that Jack just said there, and then I, Alex, I see you have your hand up as well. Um, you know, it, and, and and CK put the, the term there: fair weather friends and, and virtuous friends. And and one of the things that I just heard Jack say, which resonates for me and, and and I think for you guys too, how do you really know how strong a friendship is if you've never been in severe conditions? You know, how do you know how strong your boat is if you've never sailed in a storm? How do you know how strong the rope is unless you put a heavy load on it? And, you know, that's is one thing that I have learned a lot from Jack and, I'm, and I see mirrored in myself uh, in him is is the, the the love for the leading edge. Like to step outside, not only of what you've done, but to step outside of what others have done that you're aware of and keep finding new and, and I learned this term from Jack, uh, meaningful novelty. Having a steady diet of meaningful novelty, new shit, new stuff, new experiences, hopefully risky ones. Because a human being is never more alive than when we are alert, we're striving for something, and we're a little bit scared. Like if danger is not an element, then that's how people die, like inside. you'll you, Your body will kick on for a few more decades, but you're functionally dead. You're only alive when you're on that leading edge. You're only alive when the presence of actual danger is there. And we live in a society that is expert in manufacturing artificial danger through headlines and you know shock value and all this other kind of stuff but actual danger i mean the, the number of times that, that that jack and i have been in actually dangerous situations is is fantastic and it's hilarious but that's one of the ways in which i was able to tell that yeah this dude's solid like i know he's got my back and and one more thing though, and i'll say on this is that when when you are sharing vulnerably with somebody and they are your you know your crisis management friend, um, they have their own worldview, they have their own beliefs, they have their own dark sides, they have their own blind spots, and so any advice that they're going to give you about what you should do, what you shouldn't do, is one hundred percent running through their filter, and it's it's important to even in the depths of your, your pain or you know when you're really having a hard time it's, it's it may sound nice it may sound comforting for somebody to say well you know what you should do is but they're coming from their worldview and in my experience the best support has been as Jack said just being totally present having active listening complete non-judgmental acceptance recognition that this person that you're wanting to be there for that they are having their human experience and you can see them not as broken or damaged or, you know, like see them as becoming, like see them for who they really are and who they're going to be. You know, and if you're going to, if you're going to err on the side of, of an extreme judgment, you can make an extreme judgment that, you know, oh, this is going to be really bad and things are going to get worse because of this, or you can choose to err on the side of man, I bet there's gifts in here somewhere that may take a little bit of unpacking, but fuck, man, I bet you're going to look back, you know, a couple of days, a couple of weeks, whenever, and you're going to be like, wow, I'm actually, you know, weird way, I'm glad that happened. Like, you get to do that as the observer. So, yeah, can be,
1: in, in, in my
2: case, I could say yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you need to really disrupt The continuum of life otherwise you might as well be alone Mm -hmm. like if you can't really remember enough granularity over the chapters of your life they may have never happened Mm -hmm. so people very often enable us to disrupt enough of the parameters of the experience for us to for our brain to deem it as valuable memorizing so, yeah, friends in many ways provide us with uh, a mirror and, um, and um, a funnel to channel sensory and um, ideological information into stored memory, which we can then review back and uh, that becomes our, our assets the things that we can give to the world. Otherwise, the brain is very efficient at forgetting. One of its main powers is not remembering, it's actually forgetting. It's far better at forgetting than remembering because if you were to remember everything, you would be overwhelmed with meaningless information. You wouldn't be able to retrieve anything valuable. There would just be noise. then you have to go against that mechanism in any way you can to even have a felt sense that you lived and um, friends can definitely help you do that or the wrong friends can hinder that by just buying into the status quo too much for you to find any salient hook for memory formation there Yeah, in many ways your best friends are those you can really sit back and uh, realize how much epic shit and life-changing conversations you've had it all boils down to that ultimately
4: thank you there's there's uh, so many places to jump in on this conversation it's such a rich conversation uh, thank you Mihai for organizing this and For mentioning the men's group, which is a place really for men to share uh, vulnerably and openly, which is a many times in their own lives. They don't have the opportunity to do so, um, you know, with their regular group of friends. Um, And so the men's group provides an opportunity, a safe container for that to happen. Uh, There's this epidemic of loneliness around the world. Despite social media, there's an epidemic of loneliness. And this hits men harder than women somehow. And suicide rates are higher with men than women, uh, I think partly because of this epidemic of loneliness. So it's important for men to find these safe spaces. But really, what I wanted to um, and Jesse, I've seen your posts on Facebook over the years, so it's it's great to see you on Zoom and Jack, we run into each other and Unusual circumstances, either in Mexico or in Denver, <laughs> like I'll never, I never know where in the world I'll, I'll see you just randomly. It's pretty uh, magical. But uh, Mihai, um, you know, um, what's interesting about friendships is that it's a developing and evolving kind of thing. And over time, you might lose friendships as you yourself evolve and grow into a new type of person. Uh, like your old friends, your childhood friends might fall by the wayside because they've made different kinds of life choices. Uh, An example would be sobriety. Uh, If you've always hung out with your drunk friends, but you decide to become sober, um, that's going to create a significant shift in your life with your friendships that like to drink, for example, and you're no longer drinking. And that will create loneliness as you're trying to find a new group of like-minded friends. A spiritual awakening can be the same thing. And in we it's a group for spiritual awakening. And so that phenomenon uh, may happen. Um, And that loneliness might intensify symptoms of depression. As as you try to now navigate, you know, your awakening or your sobriety and try to figure out who are your new friends, Uh, that can be a scary and long, long process. I'm not sure there's a question in there, but maybe elaboration on that idea.
2: One thing that 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 bring like I, one thing that I hear in that Alex is like regarding you know outgrowing friends groups, um, you know in in my in my life with with some of the people closest to me, um, there there've been periods of just such disconnection and disruption that it's like wow okay well you know you begin to have the thought well maybe that was it. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe that was it. You know, maybe I fucked up so much that I destroyed this connection. Maybe they fucked up so much that they destroyed this connection. And, and you reach that choice point. Um, and there are people in my life, that, like the, the closest people, especially male friends to me that I've experienced that with. In some cases you know we didn't talk for a couple of years and then we just like you know made our way back but one of the things that that has helped me in navigating um the the you know the challenge of outgrowing friends groups is that and and sobriety i think is a great example if you're truly sober um and you're doing so for reasons that are beneficial not the avoidance of a negative but the gaining of a positive more so that one then It's kind of like somebody who says, I am so spiritually enlightened that I can only hang out with spiritually enlightened people. Like, then you're not enlightened. Like, if you can't see the beauty in every being, if you can't see beauty and perfection in a blade of grass, in a homeless alcoholic, you know, shooting up meth between his toes. And if you can't see divinity in that, then maybe you're not as enlightened as you'd like to think you are. You know, it's like if you can only hang out with people who are super fit, if you can only hang out with people who make as much money as you do or as little money as you do, then that is is a very um, brittle sort of, you know, moral framework. And in my experience, hanging out with people, money is an example, spending time with people who make way more amounts of money than I do, but not feeling like there's no competition if you're, if you're coming truly from a prosperous, natural, law-based approach, you realize money is as, as available as oxygen. There's just a perception that it's limited and that the behaviors and the beliefs that come from that perception that creates that in your experience. Hands down, I've seen far too many people go from, you know, but, 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 and all of a sudden they're like, oh, I get it, and they make more money. So there's no competition. And at the same time, spending time around people who make far less money than you currently are, and enjoying what it is that they have, I think ultimately it's you know it just gets back to like the DNA of your friend, um, you know, framework. What are the, the criteria? And and you know, in my experience, and I'll, I'll close on this. Um, if if I sense that somebody is authentic meaning that they are actively involved in knowing and being who they actually are. And it's an, it's an, an endless process. Um, if they're powerful, meaning that they take full responsibility for the thoughts they're thinking, the words they're using, the actions that they're engaging in, the choices they're making, zero victim attitude, taking full responsibility for their behaviors and the results of those behaviors. That to me is a powerful person. And then clear, Somebody who has clarity about, or at least clarity in their desire to know what their purpose is, to know what what is the path that they want to be on that's unique to them, going back to authenticity, then to lean into that path almost violently because that's the only way that they can fully self-express. I don't care how much money that person makes. I don't care their sexual orientation i don't care whether they are totally raging alcoholic or they've been sober for 20 years if that person in my observation and in my felt experience of them is authentic powerful and clear then we have a good chance of being friends
0: a brotherhood implies a common father so i've been um i guess what i'm saying is that we're all striving towards the father, whatever that means as a general concept, but I'm I'm more referring to the to the good father that some of us had more of or less of. How can I we that, how can we be our own good father? I think this is the question. Yeah,
2: I, I think that's a that's a useful question. Um I think the other one is a belief system that maybe you know serves serves or doesn't um, but self-authoring, like choosing, you know, taking responsibility for the creation of who you are becoming, and being around people who are doing the same thing—that um, that seems to me to be a, a, a pretty good perpetual starting place.
0: Thank you very much, guys. Um, if there are no further questions, I guess we can. I feel that I was not prepared enough for for what you could bring to this call
2: it worked out perfectly man we had the we had the right people the right questions the right vibe selfishly speaking i
0: enjoyed it very much right. thank you guys thanks everyone. A
3: great Cheers. bye bye
0: see you next time